from the Dub Lab Studios in Virgil Village, California. This is North Mollywood. I'm Alex Papadimus. In the studio today, from Yo Is This Racist and this show, Andrew T. What's up? I love I love that intro. <laughs> you've heard, I mean, you've heard him on this show. I've been on the show before. Go back and go back. Check out the archives. Series regular, Andrew T. What up? And on the other side of the studio, the mayor of North Mollywood. She admits to having contact with Russia, but swears they only talked about Riverdale. Molly Lambert. Putin likes Archie. <laughs> seems more of a Reggie guy, he seems like to uh, me. No, he's an Archie it's guy. It's a real Reggie vibe, a global uh, Reggie. I've been paying Put- attention, but his family could not be more of the Blossoms, right? Yes. All, they all maybe F each other? Possibly. Uh, he's kind of a moose, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> oh, sure. Riding that horse. Didn't they retcon? Is there some, somebody must be have Russian. Doesn't moose have Russian de- uh, descent? Uh, you guys don't want me to start talking about Riverdale because I'll never stop. <laughs> but uh, <Fact>. <laughs> on Riverdale, they've kind of combined the characters of Reggie and Moose. They've kind of made Reggie a little dumber and jockier. Oh, and they just used Moose for one throwaway gay joke in the pilot. Yes. All right. Look. Correct. Progress. <laughs> progress. Still the best show. <laughs> Has it gotten, have, there, have they added any more 90s icons as parents? Um, I'm not going to say because you don't want to know. No, since the last time you, you texted me the name of a 90s icon who had been added to the cast. And I was like, <laughs> I need to get back into this because they're doing this on purpose. Yeah. They're doing me. it for us. Um, there was a guy from Looking is on it now. <laughs> okay. A hot guy from Looking uh, is now Archie's music mentor. Weren't they all hot guys? Wasn't yeah. that the point of Looking? <laughs> Sorry, I could have just said a guy from Looking. Does not You throw a rocket looking, you'll hit a hot guy. Like, I feel like. I feel like that's the plot. Um, but I found out who Archie's mom is going to be, and I won't reveal. Oh, my God. Isn't it Molly Ringwald? Well, fuck off. Oh, they okay. said they announced it like fucking a year ago. Spoilers. Spoilers. They, an- they announced it a year ago. I've been avoiding okay. spoilers, but I have a very, uh, I have a Riverdale theory, but I'll wait until we're closer to the finale. Mm-hmm. That was a long journey to an inevitable destination, though. It was going to be a celebrity ginger. It was going to be Molly Ringwald. Yeah. Not a mm-hmm. real ginger. Oh, that's right. Just uh, have, Wait, to, what do you, there's, have to oh, clarify she's, she's always. The, she's the TV celebrity ginger, because we're in an era of celebrity gingers. But who can play, who would plausibly be Archie's mom, though. Yeah. There's a limited like, oh, pool of actresses. She's been playing moms on, uh, on right. teen shows a little bit. Lately. And she has, she has to, have, you have, it has to be somebody with that pop cultural kind right. of baggage. <laughs> we have a Funko of Molly Ringwald in our house, so it needs to be somebody who's, you know, Funko oh, worthy. Funko, the, the little dolls with the unnerving eyes? The big heads, yeah. yeah. What are they for? They fall, this one falls over. It's kind of, t- it's very top heavy. Is as it a Funko Funkos pop? Go, Funko pop. Oh, jeezy, crazy. I, like I don't normally, yeah. I like, I like when it's a random one of like a real, a true uh, famous person. I like when they're just of something or you're like, who wants an action figure of that? They do them for shows sometimes. Or, well, they did the Twin Peaks ones. That are really funny. Yes, I'm excited about that. You're like a Funko of Bob. There's Twin Peaks action <laughs> oh, figures coming out of like Bob and stuff. And what I'm going to get, because uh, I'm really cool, is one of those, uh, the Chewbacca strap where you can put the action figures around your, mm-hmm. <laughs> wear them on your chest. And I'll just walk around like Silver Lake, like what <laughs> the guy at the Twin Peaks. If you want to play Twin Peaks with me, you can. See, what I love oh, about wow. Silver Lake is you could do that and nobody would blink. For Everybody real. would be like, oh, just another person wearing a regular outfit. 
One one year that reminds me a little bit of one year. Uh, my most last minute Halloween costume was I went as the California Raisins as manager. Uh, so I put on a suit and I have like dozens of California Raisins toys, and I just like put them in all the pockets of the suit, peeking out. <laughs> And no one thought it was funny. <laughs> I think it's funny right now. Also, you know what I heard the most? And this is how the terrible LA circles I roll in. They were, most people were like, manager wouldn't wear a suit. <laughs> it's more of an agent thing. And I was like, I know, but what do you want me to do? Just jam a bunch, just carry around a bunch of California Raisins toys. Also, uh, a, a, like a music manager from whatever era they're from would wear a suit. Yeah. You're like Ruben Kincaid. Yeah. Of, yeah. Well, Tiny what I liked, blackface fruit. What I liked about the California Reasons was that they had like a made up backstory. Right? Oh yeah, they have a. So I have the all, nearly the entire line. For some reason, I got uh, really into like collecting potentially racist toys. I don't know why. Do you have any Mr. Peanut toys? No, no, not like not like potentially like racist characters. Mr. Peanut noted. Racist. Um, no, I he's mean, he's a nationalist. Let's put it here. <laughs> what I mean is, yeah, he's an industrialist that sells out other peanuts. Um, I, uh, I, I, my friend, I got really into the California raisins, and my friend gave me a nearly complete set of the Burger King toys. And there's like a broccoli that plays bass. There's, they have the manager actually is a rutabaga. You just unlocked a weird part of my brain with the broccoli who plays bass. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm. Yes. Well, the Broccoli Who Plays Bass is a little troubling because it is very, like, 70s black lady. Like, the the florets are uh, an afro. It's it's all, like, troubling racialized imagery However, on all the California raisins. It didn't it uh, create the funds for uh, NWA? That's the story. Really? Yeah. That was the oh. big, the label that put out, yeah, the, the uh, Jerry Heller's label oh. put out that that was their greatest success prior to the first NWA EP, I guess, I... was that California Raisins album. But they never, they never worked together, which is tragic. They that didn't get to actually, <laughs> it didn't happen. It could have. It's a, that, that you don't been. see that scene in Straight Outta Compton. <laughs> I want the Straight Outta Compton for the California Raisins, like oh, the downfall. Too. Like I want a real biopic that tells the truth about what happened. Um, was the that a Rankin, Rankin Bass thing? Wait, what is that? The the claymation oh, like, company. Oh yes. No, I think yeah, that yeah. was the. It was like that was Will. What's oh, his yeah, name? Will the actual Will, Will Vinton, the actual clay, claymation guy. It was like the true. It was true claymation. Yeah. Um, oh, Rankin Bass was puppet tunes or puppet yeah. animation. Thank God right. you know that. I pay a lot of attention to. I, I spend a lot of time trying to expose my daughter to old school mm-hmm. animation that she occasionally <laughs> is really into, and sometimes like this She's is like, how this is going. from the turn of the century. She's literally. I took her to see the point, and it was like you might as well have been like projecting, you know, just like hand puppets on a wall or something. She's <laughs> like, this is terrible. <laughs> I'm so bored. Like Plato might do. I hate. Harry Nilsson now. <laughs> I hate him forever. I'm um, glad he's dead, dad. Did I, she say that or did you just pick up on that vibe? I picked up on that vibe. It's like, cause you, you go in too soon and then just hate it forever. She was like, I'll get into this in college. Just to mess with you. And um, then I will, I will credit some dude. I interviewed yeah. a band. I can't talk about it yet, but I will say that one of them said their dad had gotten them into Nirvana. <laughs> oh, Lordy. <laughs> and B, that was when Lordy. I turned into a puddle of dust. Guys. Oh wait, can I, can I issue a quick apology from last week? Cause I, I told him I would. 
Uh, yes, last let, week, let, let's erase Arata. Last last week, I I uh, uh, was riffing about a movie about uh, knights, uh, modern day knights fighting aliens. And as soon as the episode came out, I got an uh, email from my friend Neil Duzadal, who'd written that movie ten years ago. <laughs> so shout out to Neil, you're funnier and more original. And I now I'm like, oh, there's a chance I just did. I just stole that idea. I don't think so. No, but I think you just knows? came up with it also. I just want to preemptively apologize for maybe stealing an idea. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about The Great Wall. I apologize for making you guys watch this movie. You should apologize. Because <laughs> I did watch it. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we will talk about the Oscars for a second, because this is a show that does things. About a, about a week and a half after the cultural conversation has moved on, we come back and sift through the, the wreckage. Deep analysis. Deep, yeah. Things, <laughs> things you might, things people missed. I don't know if anybody saw the end of the Oscars. It was weird. <laughs> it's unusual. <laughs> Different Oscars. Should um, we say but, we'll be right back or something? <laughs> what if that's the out? Should we say we should, we'll be right back or something? <laughs> Probably not. We'll be right back. All right. So thank you for uh, watching The Great Wall. Uh, how did you guys like it? Man. I have a confession to make. Uh-oh. <laughs> yes. I have to confess something to you guys. Alex, uh, did you watch The Great Wall? I blew it. And yes. I, God damn it. Yes. I blew it like I knew I was blowing it. Um, you, I, I sent you, a, I, know. <clears throat> I sent you a message like, by the way, if you need a link to watch it online for free in a very bootleg manner, you didn't send me the link though. You just you didn't respond a... to my text. I would have sent it. I was like, he must have a screening set up. I feel so stupid for watching the great wall now. No. Okay. So was... Molly, tell people what you think the great wall was about. Fucking a, I just want to tell you my, my first thought that I had halfway through, which was the first time I had a thought during the movie, was halfway through, was this is a Ben Affleck thing to do. <laughs> this is the Ben Affleckiest thing Matt Damon has ever done, and maybe they have like fully switched at this point. Well, because the accountant is the most Matt Damon thing that Ben Affleck has ever yes. done, so they're actually on. They've completely switched tracks. Uh, Matt Damon oh. is wearing the worst wig in the history of film throughout this entire movie. He's wearing like He's a wearing Mongolian a dreadlock wig. Uh-huh. <laughs> he looks like a fucking idiot the whole time. <laughs> His acting is so bad. You can it's like somebody said it's the type of movie that in another time you would make only under the promise that no one would ever see it in America. <laughs> yeah. It possibly was still made under that premise. Okay, so my main problem with this movie is that I would never watch this movie because I hate <laughs> I hate medieval fantasy, mm-hmm. as everyone knows. Uh, Chinese medieval fantasy, cooler than European med- medieval fantasy, mm-hmm. but like still not better than no medieval fantasy at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, medieval is also like, this is like... All right. I mean, this basically what takes place in the Dark Ages. Yeah, period action Europe. is perhaps my least favorite genre. Uh, I agree. Uh, well, except for 
Yeah. I, Game like of Thrones, it. I guess. You like Game of Thrones, right? That's not like really a period, though, because it's not a real historical F- Fantasy, fake medieval is yeah. a period. Swords, That's what this is like. Sword-style bullshit. But this is like set. It's leathery. Like, yeah. This so. is like real history, though. Like, it's a real time. It's a real time. Yes, in, that's in right. History. They really built the Great Wall to keep out monster dragons. No, but that's what I love. I mean, I love the, the idea of, like, oh, you everyone love it, knows. You love it so much. <laughs> anyway, tell me about the Great Wall. I'm sorry. I had a moment. I made a choice. It maybe wasn't the right choice. I'm an, I'm an animal. No, I'm a berserker. No, you definitely made the you right made choice. You made the right choice. <laughs> You're mad. Guys, what color is Matt Damon's hair? <laughs> Canonically. I, I I feel like it's like a like a dishwater blonde. Yeah, dusty. It's red, guys. Is it like red, red? I really? think it's brownish red. Uh, I started a poll. <laughs> I saw this on Twitter because you were talking about like, is he? Do, would he have a ginger beard if he? Grew he does a have a beard. ginger beard. Everybody has a ginger beard, except you, maybe. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a, a lot very of like, dark hair. I'm swarthy. A I'm lot a of people, though, people. I feel like they get ginger beards, even if they are not ginger. Anyone with kind of light hair. That's I, I, uh, anecdotally, I can say that that is reasonably true. Uh, well, I have not examined white people's beards <laughs> nearly enough. What are you no, talking about? No, you have about? done it more than enough. Yeah. You don't well, need to. No, but there's those. There are those white people who have like blondish hair, but end up with like a a red beard. That is factually true. I that have a, always a true, thought of Matt true Damon white people facts as like a strawberry blonde, <laughs> ginger adjacent. Uh, nobody blues. agrees with me. No, I bet he was like. I, I think of him as like. Oh, he was like one of these white blonde kids as a as a youth. That's what I believe about Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt Damon. Everybody knows Matt Damon. What if we didn't? What famed, if we didn't know where Matt famed Damon came white from? White blonde youth, Matt Damon. I, I don't know. I haven't Googled him as, as a baby, but I I think of him as being kind of like a yeah, very like Aryan baby who then became more like you know darker <laughs> hair. But no, I think it's like, like it's non as a non hair color. Yeah. It's just kind of It's just sort of whatever whatever the wind tells it to be. But you're claiming him. I'm not claiming him cuz I don't want him for the team. <laughs> you're admitting. I'm admitting I think I think you're, of him as a redhead. I feel like this movie is a litmus test for where you were born and who your heroes are because there's it's like a tries to have all the cakes version of this where like Chinese audiences see China as the best, American audiences get to see this white guy be the best. And it is like this weird, gotta have it all. What I said on Twitter um, is that this movie feels like it was made by, it feels like two different propaganda departments had to make one movie. And they were like, just, you gotta cram it all in there, do whatever the hell you want. I don't know. The worst thing about this movie is that it's clearly super expensive and totally dull. And there's that thing in Hollywood where they're like, if you spend a lot of money on something, it's gonna be good because you spend all this money on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter if there's a script or any well, action. I think it's this thing where it's like the Chinese government, especially, really, really is invested in putting out Chinese pop culture to the world as Chinese pop culture. Like they're they're they don't want to compromise on how, like they don't want to just put Chinese money and actors in like a big budget Hollywood thing. They're like, no, we can get people used to like weird versions of sexual tension we can get like i mean every movie has this but in this movie in the beginning of the second act there's a um like chinese culture is like this but western culture is like this like 
like a uh, conversation that is the most ham-fisted shit I have ever seen in like this type of movie, which is already the worst type of movie. Yeah, I started rooting for the dragons. Oh, hell yeah. The dragons are like, they're giant iguanas, basically. Yeah. That was the direction they went in, was they were like, let's just make them look like giant iguanas. And then that was the only cool part, was at the end, when a million dragons, iguanas, like, swarm the city <laughs> in a spiral. The forbidden city of Beijing. But then they, like, blow them all up, and I was like, aw. So this that's the thing that they built the wall. That's yes. the reason. So the premise oh, yeah. of this movie is everybody knows why the Great Wall was built, but what if we didn't? Yeah. yeah. And then the explanation <laughs> what is... What this movie presupposes is <laughs> maybe it's not. Um, anyway, that's that's the, uh, that's the fucking Great Wall. I, I do recommend, literally everyone should see this movie with an eye towards this is what propaganda like is. This is, it's like a lesson in propaganda. It's, it's not good propaganda, boring. though. But what is I know. the... Uh, I, I, I need to know, like... You we, know what, though? Uh, Most propaganda is boring. Yeah. Triumph of the Will, mad boring. <laughs> Super overrated. Good camera angles, but that yeah. lasts, like... That excitement lasts, like, She's a fucking asshole. <laughs> People always try to claim her, Lenny Riefenstahl, for, for like, female filmmakers, but she's a fucking Nazi. I want to know what is the propaganda message that it is putting. You're, you're, we were talking around it. What oh. is the message of the the the, the, the pro- like of the Chinese like for, and China American propaganda? Great. China is the most technologically advanced country in the world. And it America always has been. Is great. And it doesn't fear the West, but rather it uh the, it China and the West should work together. But China's better. Yeah, to like, defeat dragons, which are some kind of other. Well, there's also a, a like a nuclear weapons metaphor in there mm. with gunpowder. It's like Matt Damon knows how to use a bow and arrow, and that's his special skill, right? Yeah. My my big thing about that was like that movie really is a big the biggest thing that that movie is is a big fuck you to Mongolians. Yeah. <laughs> that's what made me so mad about it. <laughs> like they're like they're, they're like, like oh, well, the white guy's the best archer that has ever existed. Like, he's basically playing a Mongolian also. He's like, oh, yeah. I live in the mountains and I ride this horse and I have yeah. Mongolian gear on yeah. and a Mongolian hairstyle. Look, I mean, look. But, that, I'm all, but I happen to be Matt Damon. He's that, like the Mongolian Eminem. Yes. That's the other lesson. Look, you'd like now as, as people get more into like the Chinese mindset, there's going to be shit like, like the Han Chinese, or the ethnic majority in China... You know, there are a bunch of ethnic minorities that are basically treated like, you know, like the like American Indians ethnic are. Minorities. Yeah, like like did you know that ethnic minorities sometimes have a tough time of it in places? Um, uh, so yeah, it's it's like a big fuck you to Mongolians. Um I don't know. The movie is just fascinating. It's fucking weird. It is kind weird. of fascinating. We're going to tape Alex to a chair and make him watch it after this podcast. Oh, strap him in the chair and use the, the clockwork orange yeah. eyeball eyeball peelers. Look, send me the link and I will no, give, I will give the Dread Pirate Roberts my no. credit card information and <laughs> I will watch The Great Wall on, no, on leg. Save it for Go See Get Out and we're going to talk about that next week. Seeding, seeding the clouds right now with uh, next week's podcast. I'm finally going to see Get Out tonight, yeah. I promise. And then we can talk about a movie that we actually liked. We'll be right back with more of North Mollywood with your host. This card says Emma Stone. That's wrong.
My plan was to completely avoid the Oscars and not see any of them because I am so over award shows, which Mm. is a thing that covering award shows will make you become is not ever wanting to watch them on purpose if you don't have to. So I was I was planning to go to the beach, which is what I did last year, and then I had too much stuff to do. So I just went to dinner, but then they were showing them at dinner on TV, and I saw Viola Davis's speech, and then I cried because I was I was touched by her speech. Uh, and then I saw the end because everybody saw the end, and that's all no you really need times. to see is the end of a thing. And normally, I mean, the thing about the Oscars, though, is normally the end is like, it's like a fait accompli almost. Like you're ready for you. Like you've seen a movie win all the awards leading up to this moment. And it's like at this point you've like you could tell like Damien Chazelle gave his best director acceptance speech. And that's the speech that you give when you think you're going to be back up there again. Right. Like you kind of blow through it. Like he didn't, he wasn't like, this is for all that. Like he didn't like engineer a big (laughs) moment. He was like, kind of, it was like, (coughs) if you were inclined to sort of judge him harshly, like he was like, he he threw it away because he's like, I'll be back. This is for all the white guys who love jazz. (laughs) He didn't, he wasn't like, Thelonious Monk. Loved ping pong. He did. Um, that, that's my speech. He loved ping pong. He loved ping pong. He was a shark at ping pong. Apparently, I've, any of us could make a better jazz movie. Uh, it, during, one point during the broadcast, uh, they play the, uh, Gosling's like long ass like in the jazz club speech about why jazz is great. And when you go back to the when they go back to the reverse shot, is that of the Emma's, one where he starts talking over the jazz? Yeah, as they're playing, it's like this guy. He just stole things, and I really. If there's a if I get to direct a sketch or something of that, like I just really want to go back to the reverse shot of Emma Stone being like, I just asked where you grew up, man. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I just it's, asked how your chicken was. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so hilariously jazzed. I I have a question for you guys. Has since the election, have you noticed that every live TV event is um, has to become like a Manichaean struggle between good and evil, whatever it is, and however you define it. I can't tell if things were always like that, and I'm just more tuned into it now. Yeah. I. It feels like, like the Super Bowl. There was just like consensus that like, this is the Trump side, this is the other side, regardless of what else like the reality is. Yeah, I mean, friend of the, friend of the podcast, Emily Yoshida, did point out that like all the football teams are bad and yeah. evil. Yeah. In different yeah. ways. Well, and in the same way, like all of the movies but are the Patriots. Fine. Patriots more evil. Yeah, but none of the movies also, are like no La La Land evil. Moonlight good, I think. I I know that's like that's just the thing is we we all are like so invested in that narrative now. I feel or sorry, every shithead coastal elite that I know is invested in that narrative at all times. I think everybody knows that those victories mean nothing. Mm-hmm. That I was like bummed that I got invested in the Super Bowl for five seconds because I was like, we need a win. Um, And then I wasn't really, I was very already accepting that La La Land was going to win Best Picture, which is part of why I was like, got to be away from the Oscars so I don't be mad about that. Going to watch Great British Baking Show instead. But then I felt so good when that thing happened because it was like the greatest uh, watching your enemy be humiliated. (laughs) Uh... Was wonderful, and I was like, "Ooh, it feels good to watch somebody that you hate just get crushed." And they won Best Director, so who cares? It's not like they really. What? I mean, yeah, they, they, they should get won. nothing. 
but <laughs> it was just a great feeling and we needed it. See, I had a weird experience when it happened because I didn't know it was coming. I was watching the Oscars like on Nobody a little bit of a coming. delay. And so, no, but I mean, it had already happened. And like, I'd stayed off of Twitter because I knew I was going to be watching. And I was like, this will be ruined. It, like, uh, this will be ruined for me. But uh, it, the minute it happened, and this is like a sign of like what, Andrew, you're talking about this Manakian struggle and everything, like, and how all these things are like charged with something that they weren't charged with before. I was immediately like, in that, in the second as it was happening, I was like, "Oh shit, they're going to be La La Land truthers forever." And like, I, like it has not really been borne out so far. Like, but I was like, all of the MAGA people will invest in this romantic jazz movie about Los Angeles and singing and dancing, and they'll be like, "That was the true winner." And then George Soros and somebody like switched the envelopes and made this thing happen for Moonlight. It was like, because they fucked up, because that weird, uh, like, beefy uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers guy who looks like Matt Damon in, like, a sort of muscle suit, like, <laughs> swapped the envelope, like, just was, like, busy tweeting, like, this guy blew it, and, like, one dude, but because they were, like, they didn't pay attention in this one moment, I feel like... I feel bad for Moonlight. I feel like it seems like it's this weird asterisk on their victory. It's like, you know, like Ira Madison of MTV News was uh, like pointed out on Twitter, like that, it, you know, he was talking about this, that, that how it's like this movie has to share its spotlight with, yes, but the, with the second best movie of that. We were know. talking about that. And then Barry Jenkins, the director of Moonlight. <laughs> Barry Jenkins, director of Moonlight. <laughs> jumped in the thread. Slugged in the mentions, holding an Oscar. It's like, pardon me. Pardon to me. Be, just, he just drops in to be like, like graceful actually, and nice and yeah. like kind and sort of like. Diffuse everything. Diffuse everything because everyone in that thread, it was me and Miriam Bale and Mark Harris and Ira and Molly who pulled out the amazing uh, uh, Marshall McLuhan from behind the pillar. <laughs> dropped it in there when this happened. And then everybody's like, <gasps> like, and like suddenly became like super polite about it. But like he dropped it to be like, Hey, it's all good. Like we're just, this is, there's no, there's no way more smoke than fire here. We're on to like, let's think, get on to the next one. Let's yeah. get on with it. And I was like, I was like, Barry Jenkins, like, this is what I have to get on with. Unfortunately is like talking about the Oscars forever on Twitter. That's kind of <laughs> what I do. You get to go make a movie. But I like that. He was like, Hey, we both made like little weird movies. Like, and I'm stoked that all these little weird movies are getting seen for sure. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's obviously very different. To, but like, I was thinking that, about, that was also actually a great example yeah. of somebody coming into the, the dark room that is Twitter and like opening the curtains and letting the air in. And you're like, oh, internet arguments mm. like aren't real. Yes. When they get exposed to daylight, they like, you know, all the bugs like scatter uh, away. But then I was like, but look, I think I, I don't know. argument is more right than the backroom intricacies of how the but Hollywood saying, Reporter cover page. But, uh, but like, if Barry Jenkins doesn't care, do we get to care? Well, I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Because yeah. Barry Jenkins, like, he has to, Barry Jenkins has to be graceful about it, just as Damien Chazelle would have to be graceful in victory if he had beaten Barry Jenkins. But, like, we don't, we're fans. We can be partisan and, like, be like, fuck that. Damien Chazelle is not graceful. That's I'm why he's not good at directing dancing. That's true. That's why he cast two people who can't sing or dance in his singing and dancing movie. No, no, no everybody but, was like, "Oh, they're supposed to not be able to sing." And oh dance. my god, no! Well, anybody who's like that, like I, I, like I got in an argument with somebody about that, and it was I was like, "You are you. This is like you want that no prize that they give you the, the like people for f pointing out how an error is not an error in Marvel comics." 
It doesn't work that way for movies. Like, it's not. You just cast these people because they're pretty. They cast yeah. them because they're movie stars. That's how you get a movie made. Well, you, I mean, on. it's just like so much desperate rationalization for why this thing that's affirming of the white experience in Los Angeles is the right point of view. I think, here's the thing, though. Like, whatever the reality of the Barry Jenkins thing, like, Ira's take is not wrong. No. Like, it is a fact that, like, a black gay movie is going to have to share, like, you know, the, the fucking, the, the spotlight or the, the it's, its place in history with a white straight movie. <laughs> it turns it into a story about, like, isn't, wasn't that guy from La La Land, the, the, the producer of La La Land, like mm-hmm. a, a menschy stand-up guy for immediately correcting this mistake and giving the Oscar away, which, which he is, but it was almost like, you know, nobody what remembers what Barry do? Jenkins' speech yeah. was about. But that's he didn't have time to make a speech because Warren Beatty took like ten minutes to be like, "Here's what happened." Well, I mean, the other thing is I'm like, Warren "Here's Beatty. what happened." <laughs> it's like it's like a metaphor for La La Land, which is like La La Land. Look, we we've been dogging on it because it's funny. No, it's it not sucks. A, it's, okay, here's but here's the thing with La La Land, like in terms of the the uh, like criticism of the content, it's like it's not made with anything like. You know, bad at heart. Everyone's trying. Everyone's trying to be progressive. Everyone's just trying to express themselves. The problem is that it gets way, way, way more plaudits than it should. Um, the thing about La La Land is that it is insidiously racist. Yeah. Uh, in a way that the movie Get Out will help analyze, <laughs> which is that it presupposes a post-racial world in which it means nothing to cast two white people as the leads in a movie about jazz and to have people of color in the movie, but only in the background. Mm -hmm. And it's like pretending that that's all random and not on purpose. You know, and I'm like, because they constantly, not constantly, but people constantly bring out John Legend's participation in it as proof that it's like, approved by black people. No, because he plays the villain. And again, it's like if you had just switched those roles, if John Legend had played the Ryan Gosling role, that movie could have been good. I might have liked that movie. That's what makes me angry. I don't like hate musicals or hate, you know, I mean, I do hate stupid twee bullshit. But if you had just put John Legend, who also is a much better singer, Mm -hmm. and I don't know that he can dance, but I assume he can because he's talented at many things. Mm -hmm. So I think the people that are just, like, defending, like, oh, well, they had to cast Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling because that's the only reason the movie would get made. It's like, yeah, because the whole fucking system is racist from the top down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this movie is complicit in that, but also is pretending that it's, like, completely unaware of that race exists, even though it's a movie about jazz. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm still mad about La La Land. <laughs> Actually, it was like cathartic for me also because I was like, oh my God, the Oscars are over. I never have to think about La La Land ever again. And And then I just fucking drove around listening to jazz. (laughs) (laughs) I've been driving around listening to jazz a lot. I, that La La Land has not made me hate jazz. It's really, it's been like, I've doubled down my jazz investment. I am absolutely like, hey, let's listen to Ahmad Jamal. Yeah. (laughs) On the car. Yeah. I mean, for nine hours. As white people who like jazz. Maybe I'm a little overly defensive about La La Land. It's your story that got told wrong. Just maybe I'm just mad that the ginger in it knows nothing about jazz and hates jazz. (laughs) Oh, I'm a man who likes to explain jazz to people, and I felt I was being misportrayed by this movie. Yeah, that's an even better movie. What if what if he does that long ass speech about what jazz is, and she's like, 
Motherfucker, I know what jazz is. Just, I'm telling you, a saxophone drops down into her hands and she just fucking drowns like, them out. Oh, that's interesting. I'm, yeah, my dad was Pharaoh Sanders. So I got all of his superpowers. <laughs> Sheets of sound just destroy Ryan Gosling, just blow his head off. I guess that's sort of like a, uh, an origin uh, movie for that dog. <laughs> I Is that wanna, right? Am I right? The Haydens? The Haydens, yeah. Yeah, 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 well, yeah actually, they were yeah. From, descended from great, the greatest uh, white jazz bassist yeah. ever. Love I'm going to give it to him. I want the no wave La La Land. <laughs> oh, my God. Someone, you don't want that. Someone is making that right now, and you don't want it. Get on it, Molly. Do I not want it? I think we've learned from this podcast... Just write the script that is the thing that you said on the podcast as quickly as possible. <laughs> um, or somebody else already wrote it. Yeah, or someone say else. your movie ideas out loud on a podcast <laughs> because someone will let you know if they have already happened. It's actually a good clearinghouse for ideas. <laughs> okay, very quickly. Uh, if The Great Wall had been successful, it touched off a wave of historical movies explaining the, uh, the real origin story of uh, national monuments. What is your pitch? For another oh. another great wall. Well, my pitch is a reverse pitch of the movie National Treasure, <laughs> which is a great a great Nick Cage movie. I want I want the Statue of Liberty movie that explains like that the, the actu- actually it was built to ward off monsters. Like that's yeah, what, I mean yeah. that's we, we know great, but the Great Wall is it's like actually give us your give us your monsters <laughs> yearning to breathe free of. <laughs> I guess, the Eiffel, I guess the Eiffel Tower rockets <laughs> off into space, fights a Star War. Well, you guys know the pyramids are built by ancient aliens, right? Yeah. Andrew, you know that that's happens in Tomorrowland. Does it really? It does. Oh, Jesus uh, Christ. Also, actually, what if I had an original idea, it, guys? What if that had happened? Pyramids being built by ancient aliens is pretty racist. It's the most racist. Yeah. It's actually going it to be part of slaves. Food. It'll be part of HUD policy yeah. very soon. Yeah. So. It was. Uh, White-ish slaves. I'll take it. They weren't white at the time, but <laughs> I'm not sure if we're white again. Yeah, Jews no longer white. Interesting. I'm pretty sure you guys that the pyramids were built by Apocalypse, the first mutant. <laughs> that I have so, seen. Um, in conclusion, Logan in theaters now. <laughs> and next week, get out. Get in on get out. Get out. Peace. Um, Andrew, can you do the thanks for listening? Remember to subscribe as a dying uh, Professor Xavier from <laughs> North Mollywooders. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Remember, rate and subscribe. Go to iTunes and give us five stars. <laughs> oh, I'm so old and so psychic. And so uh, he's so sassy in it, too. Ooh. He's a, he's salty. He's like Ooh. he's like get your own damn tea, Wolverine. Ooh. You were always a poor pupil. <laughs> Somebody is writing mad slash fiction around this oh, movie. Yeah. It's such a elder slash Wolverine. To my podcast, go to my brain waves. I'm Professor X. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Right, good, Scott. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. you. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Don't leave us. Don't leave us on your phone. Don't. Don't leave us on Stitcher.
<laughs> or wherever great podcasts are downloaded. Downloaded. Logan. 